0: this is eric williams and you're listening to master of one podcast you can find me at ericawilliamsillustration.com
1: welcome to this sandbox episode of the master of one podcast part two for this week this week we talk to hand-lettering artist and illustrator Shauna Lynn Pancheson. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film.
2: And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games.
1: So prepare yourself to enter a world full of fun, fantasy, and fancy drawings, because it's time to get started.
2: I'm going to the world of make-believe.
1: episode. We're excited to talk to somebody who is one of our closest friends to the show recently. Uh, we met her initially back when we were doing our meetup in Orlando, and she actually participated in our Jared Maruyama, uh contest. And she is now in our artist coloring book, and she does streaming on Twitch for Adobe. The incredibly talented Shauna Lynn Pancheson. Hey, hey,
0: hey! Hi.
2: Welcome.
1: I like- Hi. I like the phrase buddy, buddy. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that makes it into the final episode, but (laughs) just in (laughs) general, Patrick really likes that (laughs) word.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, So Shauna, like I said in the intro, um, We've now worked with you uh, on a couple different things, and we're excited to have you on for a full episode. We had you on during Creative South for a hot seat. You kind of shared a hot seat with Sid. Um, mm-hmm. And so we are excited now to hear your whole story and uh, flesh this thing out. So, uh, welcome to the show. We're glad that you're here.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: So what we do uh, typically when we get things started is we have our guests tell us their story. So we just say, hey, what's your Wikipedia page about yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are now.
0: Okay. Well, um, so I'm Shonda hand-lettering artist, illustrator. I've been drawing since I could literally hold a pencil. I got very lucky that my parents were incredibly supportive of the fact that I enjoyed art because I come from a family where – my great grandfather was a doctor, my grandfather was a doctor, my dad's a dentist. I'm like, I'm the first in the line to like not do medicine. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm the oldest grandchild actually. So I set the precedent really low for my cousins. <laughs> and uh so I got very lucky. Like there was a art camp I wanted to take or a class I wanted to take, what have you, my parents would would find a way to put me in it. Um and I took a computer graphics course in like ninth grade that my dad saw like the work I was doing. And he back, this is before I had even a Wacom tablet. Like I painted with a mouse and I am still impressed by what I did with a mouse. (laughs) Um, but he's like, have you ever thought of looking into graphic design? You really ought to. And I was like, no, I didn't. Um, I will look into that. And I had every intention of going into graphic design until my senior year of high school when I decided I would go to state school for opera. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean I, that's a correlation. Yeah.
1: no, that makes total sense, yeah, you have <laughs> dentists and doctors, and so uh, to break the mold, you want to go sing opera that makes sense,
0: exactly, yeah, so I actually I did get into the program um at the University of North Florida and spent a semester in the opera program when I realized i well, I was sick most of the semester, to be fair, but I also hated practicing, and I was getting increasingly jealous of all the kids on campus with their like art portfolios and stuff, lugging them around and drawing around the lake and such so. Ultimately, my second semester, I changed tracks um, and switched to the design program and had to do my prereqs to get into that. And then ultimately did graduate with a degree in, um, well, Bachelor of Fine Arts with a concentration in graphic design. So technically, I'm only a fine arts major, but whatever, semantics. <laughs> um, but I got an internship at this agency in Jacksonville called Burnett Garcia. And um, I'm still in touch with them to this day. It's been seven years since I graduated. And they are the reason that I am sitting here. Um, when I was there, they recognized that I was an illustrator before I recognized that I would be an illustrator. And mm. so they threw me on a ton of these different projects where I actually got to really flex my muscles when it came to just conceptual illustration and having fun. And um, the creative director at the time put me on a project for this poster called The World of Foot, which if you you know search that on, on Google, it pops up everywhere. Um, it ultimately... I did a bunch of hand lettering for that. And that's when I found my love of lettering. Like I've been doing lettering since I was little, not realizing it was like a thing I could do to make money. Right. Yeah. So it ended up, um, this poster got into the communication arts type annual. And I found out when I was working, um, in house at a, at a fashion corporation. And, um, within, as soon as it went live in the, well, went live, went as soon as on stands, um, within, I think about a, a couple weeks, I got a gig with OC Weekly in California doing um, a cover where I got to draw lettering all around a portrait of Duda Von Teese. And mm. so that kind of went somewhat viral on like it's all, all like, it'll be recommended to me in Pinterest. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> to pop up.
3: You seem like you um, would enjoy this.
0: Yeah, that's a like, really
3: good algorithm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I do enjoy that because I did that.
3: <laughs> um, so you're completely freelance now, right?
0: I am. Well, what ended up happening was I I worked in-house in Jacksonville, and then I got an email from an art director down in Orlando who wanted to interview me for a position at a local agency. And I did go down, I interviewed, I got the job and moved within three weeks. Like I I interviewed, didn't hear back for like two, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're hiring you. Um, Moved down here in two weeks. And I was like, hey, I got three jobs I got to quit up here. So uh, (laughs) can you give me three? I was like, I've got Three jobs and I have to find someone to take over my lease with my best friend. Like mm-hmm. I can't just drop everything. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, um, as luck would have it, actually one of our friends happened to be- need to move to Jacksonville the same week that I needed to leave. So she took over my lease and I moved down here. My parents found my apartment, bless their hearts. Um, so I'm across the street from the ice rink here, nice. conveniently enough.
3: Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: Um, and I started the job and three and a half months later they fired me uh, with no reason. And so I was sitting on my, my couch with my parents. They hauled butt from Daytona in, you know, Friday afternoon rush hour traffic to be with me, got home, got here 10 minutes after I did, it took me 45 minutes to get from where I was working. Mm -hmm. And that's normally a 15 minute maximum commute. So it was really bad traffic that day. Wow. And, uh, they just were sitting there and and I go, I'm, I'm in a job hunt, you know, and I, I, I'll find a job. And I was like. I just tried freelancing. You know, you didn't move down here to job hunt. You moved down here to work and you know, you could work from this cute little desk. You have this, you you can work in this cute little apartment that you, you have set up. You can make your own schedule. You can go actually use the ice rink. That's across the street. You could get a dog. And, um, so it's like
3: something you had said you'd wanted to do before, like freelancing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's something I'd I'd wanted to do for a long time. It was like, it was in my like 10 year plan Mm. and I just happened to hit it 10 years early. (laughs) um, but I got, I got very lucky that they were incredibly supportive of it. She's just said, give it, give it six months. And if in six months it doesn't work, then go job hunt. But, um, within she forced me to come home for five days. She's like, you didn't get a vacation at all in between, like you're quitting your jobs and moving. Like you were just going, going, go, 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 go and start your job. Um, so she had me come home and like lay, you know, just lay low for a few days, just rest. We found an attorney to take care of some stuff that we wanted to take care of with the job. And, um, then, like a week to the hour almost I got my first freelance gig for a client that um I had as a client for several years. Oh,
3: okay, awesome. so going from okay, so you have the the background actually going to you know the formal education, and mm-hmm. then you you had uh clients and you you've worked in like an agency environment and now being freelance, so what is that like because now you're responsible for, you know, finding the client, maintaining the relationship, managing things like billing and things like that. I'm guessing you weren't doing before. So what, what is that new responsibility like and what are the, the, I guess, tools that have helped you succeed in that?
0: Well, what ended up happening, cause I do focus in illustration and lettering was I had been searching to get representation from an agent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so when I, got fired. I'd already had about three or four months of searching at that point. I'd applied to a few different ones. Um, and one in particular was like, you know, your work's not ready, but we like it, It keep submitting to us. And so when I got fired, I I emailed, um, my contact there and I said, you know, Hey, I decided to take the plunge and go full-time freelance. Would it be okay if I continue to send you stuff? She goes, by all means, please, I'll continue to put you in front of the group. And six months after getting fired. So it's actually, um, was it four years, in June will be when they took me on.
2: Oh, cool. um, I'd
0: done work for uh, Jacksonville magazine and I sent them, it was a hand, it was all digital chalk, but it was hand lettered lettering around a taco. And I sent it to them and they're like, that's it. That's what we're looking for. Your contract's coming next week.
2: Hmm. Wow. And they, nice.
0: and they took me on. And so thankfully, like, cause I didn't really know how to do the billing. I didn't know how, like I got very lucky. Like the first client that, I, I got fr- at freelancing full time. Um, she's like, What do you charge for this? And I was like, 300. She goes, No, 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 higher. And I go, 500. She goes, No, 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 higher. Hmm. And I was like, like 16,000.
1: Uh, she's like, No, get, get it real. <laughs> yeah, don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was like, and, and I probably just said, You know, I don't know. And she goes, How about we say 800? And then you give a $200 buffer. And that way she goes, Because you're going to want that $200 buffer. I know my coworkers. Um, so thankfully I actually got very lucky that my clients were kind of guiding me. And then yeah. the other job that I'd gotten was for 3M post-it note and they were just like, this is what we're paying you. So mm. I didn't have to figure it out. Sure, okay, Um, good. Yeah. So, and so most of it was just like, I got lucky. My clients were pretty easy when it came to billing and and stuff. Like I just would send it and they'd send the check or they'd get, you know, do a direct deposit. Um, and then when I got the agent, they took over the billing, they took over the invoicing, they took over hunting down my clients. Like I still have to find my own clients at times, but they have to go through my agent and they, um, they get a cut of the overall fee for handling the contracts, handling the invoicing, handling the initial contact with the agent before or with the client before I um, am with them.
1: So, so I want to ask you this then. Um, so we talked about you being a, a hand lettering artist and you talked a little bit, you said, um, that you did this, this thing with, um, kind of, uh, all digital, but chalk lettering. Mm-hmm. Um, so your look has a very specific style to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very much you. When I look at it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's totally you. Um, here's my question. And it, and it, I just want to know from your mindset, you now have been doing this for about four years, you said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the thing that kind of got you that job is a lot of what you're still doing. Um, do you feel like this is a niche that will always ring true? Or do you feel like this is a, um, like this is a, a style that is, you just happened to kind of fall into right when it was hitting and, and very hot, like, and, and you're very aware of needing to diversify. Like what are, like, where does, where does your head go on that topic? Does that make sense?
0: It it does. It's honestly, it's a little bit of both. um, I what I've seen since I started cuz when I jumped into you know the full-time freelance and full-time lettering um lettering was really high on the trend as as well as like was that was the chalk and if you I, I've removed a lot of projects over the years like I just up, as I update my portfolio but there was a point where my portfolio was all digital chalk and that's what I was getting hired for and then I started to see a like a, prog- a slow progressive progression out yeah um where I was getting hired less and less and less for digital chalk and I was getting hired more for more like ink style lettering. Hmm. And so I've sort of kind of followed what the clients are looking for and kind of tried to keep just a step ahead of what the trend is. Sure. But as far as the style goes, like I'm always pushing what I do farther. I sent stuff to my friend, Danielle Evans last night. And I was like, look, I did. And she's like, that's cool. That's exactly the kind of thing where, you know, you need to keep pushing. This is awesome. And I posted on Instagram last night. It just says like Sunday night vibes and just very illustrative lettering. And, um,
1: well, one of the, sorry, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but just on that note, you had even said when we first met with you, um, when we first met you, not met with you, uh, when you came to the meetup when we were at, at Disney, that what you did for our competition was totally out of like totally out of the norm for you, and that was very. You did have some of the typography in there, but there was a lot of character illustration mm-hmm. that was happening inside of there, and so I just was wondering because because I pick up on that as you're trying new things to kind of to stay ahead of the curve. Um, ha- and I think that's a good illustration. I think that you said to say that it's important to stay ahead um, because you're and follow what the lead of your clients as opposed to just saying no. I do chalk lettering really well, and so that's kind of yeah. where I'm going to stay. So um, anyway, I just think that's a good thing for people to hear that uh, you're constantly pushing yourself into new ventures, um, but okay. within your while well, still maintaining the very Shauna um, you know aspects of your design it's not like you're you're going completely realistic with it or anything like that you know it's it's uh, it all kind of falls in line with your your general um the fun aesthetic that you bring to things so yeah
0: anyway. I, I, and and it works you know I'm, like right now i'm trying to push things to be a little looser and just trying to be less of a perfectionist with things and it's it's working for the aesthetic because um in the end even though lettering is so trendy like eventually like people you're going to find that there are the trenders, the ones that jump on the trend just because they that's what's popular and they're like I love lettering, but the second something gets popular they're going to be like oh I love this and they're going to leave lettering. Sure. And so it's going to be those that have stuck with it that are going to have the longevity in lettering. Yeah. Like there's right. always going to be lettering jobs and there's been a you know there's been points where I've been lowballed by you know for work and uh, you know I've lost work to you know people who are you know who will lowball or you know people who are on the trending where they just kind of copy what other people are doing. sure, and yeah. they're the ones that are gonna jump ship. the second lettering's not popular, so anymore. actually,
3: I wanted to ask you about that, and i I'm trying to find the most like respectful way of formatting this question because I mean it like in the best way possible. Your work looks um almost like it's very fun and casual looking. so. Mm-hmm someone seeing it that doesn't know what goes into it could have the perception that it isn't necessarily like difficult. Like it could feel that way because it's like these really free flowing lines and, and yeah, like the chalk stuff, the, the, that type of thing. Like, how do you like fight that mentality when you, when you're dealing with a client that doesn't understand the technical aspect that doesn't understand, you know, the someone that picked it up because it's, they saw it on Pinterest and they were just, knocking something out versus someone that has yeah. invested like a lot a lot a lot of time into like honing this craft like how do you explain to them or or I don't know how do you talk to someone about what you do and what sets it apart
0: I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that I'm like I can show like this is what my process is and you can see exactly how I format something and if you know there there are people that can copy my style I and that'll always be a thing but my like my dad actually put it the best way because I had this conversation with him once where I was just like I don't I don't know how to handle this like I'm I'm looking on like Pinterest and Instagram and these people are just copying my style and they're just and he's like they can he goes they can copy your style all they want your style is just a style he goes they can't copy what's in your head and they can't copy what's in your heart and so they could copy my style all they want but it's never going to they're never going to be able to copy me cause right what I put out there is I put my entire soul into what I do. And if you know, someone could just copy exactly like what I throw on, on Instagram and that's fine, but it's, it's going to lack that energy because there's, I feel like there's a certain energy that goes into your work, no matter what style you do. And you can feel when someone's like just kind of testing the waters of something, because it's not, it's going to lack that energy.
2: Sure. Right. So, I want to shift us to the other side of, of what we know that you do. Uh, when we talked before at creative South, you, uh, you do a lot of streaming for Adobe. Um, mm-hmm. So talk to us about where that came from and, and, and exactly kind of what you do for them.
0: So I actually stream on, on my own channel. Okay. I'm on twitch. twitch.tv slash Shauna Lynn. Um, but I, cause I started streaming over a year ago. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not the most consistent with it. It's not something that I really think I'll ever make, like, my full-time gig. Right. Um, but it's it was a way for me to feel like I could give sort of mini workshops without mm-hmm. having to physically be in a space. Right, And yeah. I could share my knowledge with people, and they can ask questions, and they can interact, and I can stay in the comfort of my, like, little apartment with sure. my dog. Um, but... What ended up happening is I initially got into it because I know like Dina Rodriguez was uh streaming, and I came across Sid Weiler's work, and I started to stream a little bit, and it was Sid who was like, no, start streaming more, start streaming more like you're you've got fun work like start streaming more and she um ended up actually with like she'd share when I'd go live, and so that brought a few people in and sure. then like my my following has slowly grown from like you know three people to I just passed eight hundred people nice. And recently, um, I think it was like four months ago. I was streaming in the e- I was streaming late at night, and Adobe's channel rated me. Oh. And I tuned into a few of the Adobe, uh, a few of the Adobe streams. I go watch Sids. I watch um, a few others that are on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and it just says Adobe has hosted you. And I was like, what? <laughs> what's happening like literally and it just like this flood and what it was was one of our um one of our mods finch went and was and had recommended that they raid me and then that night um they reached out and they're like hey would you be interested in streaming lettering on adobe and i was like sure yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> and so like the first like three or four streams i like had the nervous sweats every time i went on and so <laughs> it was super nerve-wracking so i was like oh crap i'm like i
3: still get those
0: yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm representing Adobe, even though, like, I don't work for them. I'm, sure. I have to, you know, I'm representing them yeah. on the stream. So I have to, like, pretend like my grandma's in the other room. And if I wouldn't say it to my grandmother, I don't say it on stream. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: Adobe is very grandma friendly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's, a, that's yeah. almost their, uh, their it's almost their motto. It's their second motto. <laughs> <laughs> Adobe. Yeah. And, a very grandma friendly company.
0: yeah. And it's, and it's been a really great experience for me to be able to get on there. The first few weeks, I was just sort of, they threw me wherever they could fit me in because they had, um they were kind of reworking their schedule. They were changing it from, um I don't remember what their schedule was before, but they were changing it. So it was 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time.
2: Yeah.
0: And... So they were kind of reworking who you know their streamers that were the most active and, and throwing me in where they could fit me. And so I now actually have a weekly set time where I'm every week from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific,
2: mm.
0: and um, on Thursdays. Awesome. And so I get to just – and it, it I, it's really great. Like I get to do pretty much whatever I want to do on stream. Like if I want to work on a poster, I can work on a poster. I've been doing a lot of um, process lettering where I – I like kind of pimp out my brushes. I, I make a lot of my own, um, Photoshop brushes. And so I'll like, I'll demo them on stream and I'm like, you guys can buy them here. Oh, cool. And I, so I show like how I do, you know, the skeleton, how I build up the lettering, how I clean up the lettering and how I get to a final sketch. And every now and then I'll take it a little further and ink it up, but Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying the process stuff lately. So I'm doing a lot more of the process, but for a while I was doing just a ton of greeting card designs and, Um, just sharing those as I went and it, it's, it's been fun. I've done like, I did a poster sketch for artists for education one day and I showed that I, I went from like having nothing to a final sketch with them in three hours Nice, because I wanted to show them like, I don't just pop on here with an idea ready to go. And so they got to watch me, you know, flesh out like four different poster ideas before I came up with where I wanted to go with it.
1: So when you do that though, so is there? I know you said that there that You can kind of do whatever you want. It sounds like. I mean, we all know that Adobe is very artist friendly in the sense that it wants to promote good artists and good art and, and everything. Um, so it, you being able to promote your brushes and say that stuff—that's all cool. But do they? Are there any kind of restrictions as it comes to uh, working on client projects or things that are that have licensing issues or whatever? Because I tuned into one of yours. Um, when you were doing the tangled piece, Mm -hmm. um, and I, and it kind of got my brain going about whether or not, I know that was probably a fan piece anyway, but it got me thinking about licensing and how that stuff works as it comes, as it comes to, to the Twitch streaming.
3: Shauna is just, uh, moving her hand across her neck very subtly (laughs) right now.
0: (laughs) No, what it is is because it falls under parody law. Like you're not, we're not selling it. Right. We're just doing it for fun. Um, I haven't done a ton of of Disney themed things on the Adobe channel because I try to do. A, I try to stick more to educational, and then I do the Disney stuff on my own stream because sure, I can yeah, blast yeah. I can blast Disney tunes while I do it. Yeah. Um, but there are yeah, you know, there's some streamers that do um, fan pieces. Like one was doing. Portraits from this movie, Howl's Moving Castle, and mm-hmm. I think I did. Um, a, what's that newest movie, Moana? Um, yeah, I yeah. did a, a coloring book page with Maui and and stuff on on the Adobe Stream just for something different.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I, as it as it falls under parody law, that that yeah. me, that makes total sense. I mean, if you're doing client work, whether yeah. it's Disney or otherwise, you're doing client work and license work is there do they have restrictions about any of that stuff
0: no if your client's cool with it you can totally stream it they like it it, it's it's i haven't had any client work to stream in the sense of like thinking to ask my client like hey can i share this online live? you know because some clients are really weird about that like they don't want the work to be seen before it's done sure right yeah um but you know in the near future i might you know get someone who's having me do editorial and i can just ask if i can do that live on on stream and Because I get a lot more questions in regards to freelance. And Mm. so that would be a good way to be able to show them, like, this is real-world work. But, like, I have – I did work for The Knot this year. And so I was able to, like, kind of pick up the magazine and actually show them, like, that I physically have it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's oh. good. I oh, On Instagram, we saw it. We've been watching kind of how all this stuff has been unfolding and seeing it on the shelves and you getting a copy of it. Like, that, that's been an exciting thing to watch through, like, the third-party lens of Instagram. Um, yeah.
0: My mom sent me a picture from Publix of my dad holding it up, and he's just like... <laughs> I'm a holding a wedding magazine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so your mom and dad, this is just a side note. This isn't a question. Your mom and dad seem to be the most supportive parents that have ever existed in the history of the land. Um, just yeah. based on the conversations we've had outside of this and then everything you've said during this. So let's shift uh, in our final moments. Let's shift to what is brand new um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and what we got to see a little taste of at creative self. Um, talk to us about uh, simple thoughts.
0: Yeah, so simple thoughts is sort of a. So I applied for the Adobe Creative Residency last year, and I had this goal of like creating a card line. And I, you know, spoiler, didn't get it. Um, But I decided, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna make this card line happen, anyways. Yeah, those cards. And um, (laughs) so I started just before November, I think. Finally, like sitting down and saying like. I'm going to make this happen. And so I did a ton of Christmas cards, which if I had actually like looked at my past, like when I was working for the fashion corporation, we were doing Christmas stuff in August and in December we were doing Valentine's day. So like I have to get used to again, like my holidays being opposite polar ends again. Um, yeah. cause I'm like next month I'm going to start blasting Christmas music so I can start working on Christmas cards for this oh upcoming gosh. year. You're yeah. one of those. <laughs> well, and cuz what it is is, you know, if I get a wholesale account, they're going to want to buy them in in June so that they have them ready to go for the holidays. So I have to have them done like early in the year and it's just it's it's a weird like backwards opposite polar end thing and um but I wanted to make it happen. So like I sat down, and I started kind of brainstorming some ideas. And I, I was chatting it through with my mom and um because really my, I hit the jackpot with my parents. They really are the most supportive people I could ever have, have gotten. And we're going through, and I, I threw out the name. I was like, Simple Thoughts. And she's like, I actually kind of like that. She goes, that's cute. She goes, because, you know, we're like, well, you know, when you send a card, it's kind of just like a simple little like, hey, I'm thinking of you and just keeping it very, you know, you just, we want it to be simple. We want it to just be a simple like, hey, I thought of you. Yeah. Um, but it also has a double meaning because my dog is not the smartest little crayon in the box. <laughs> um, he's we joke that he's very simple-minded, which is actually not far from the truth. He's his life is just very like happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Um, but so he's like, he's the unofficial mascot of Simple Thoughts Co. That's why I have a little <laughs> pin of him. Gotcha. So I started, I tried to like launch it back in December and it just failed. Mm. Like I had no sales, and I was just like why am I doing this? Why did I I, I, I just, I tried to make it happen and it didn't happen. It was like that scene in Mean Girls, like, stop trying to make that happen. It's never going to happen.
2: <laughs>
0: and so I ended up um, sitting down and my mom was like, "Yes, yeah, sit down and like actually flesh this freaking thing out if you're going to do it and then launch it later this year. So I gave myself a day and I said, I'm going to launch it on June 1st and I'm going to have it done. I said, but I'm going to have the majority of the, product done before creative south because i want to have a table yeah and so i pulled together all the product like and i ended up having to do a reorder of some cards because i sold out of most of the ones that had dogs on them and i did a pop-up shop at west elm a couple weeks ago which unfortunately they had no foot traffic so i made four sales it was like a really kind of it was a good experience to get out there but it was kind but of But at least
1: you're in west elm
0: <laughs> but at least i'm in right? West Elm. that's Actually, on the what? resume now West Tom's actually very supportive of artists. It's really cool. They have That's a, sweet. yeah, they have a program that I'm going to apply to where like they'll just they'll wholesale stuff and put it in their stores. Oh cool. Um, and I happened to walk into this one in Orlando, and my friend from Jacksonville had stuff in it. So, it's it's cool.
3: Do you think that you should do more shirtless firemen? What? Just in for general. The cards, <laughs> for the cards. I'm saying like. <laughs>
1: So you're doing you're, great patrick you have you're doing cards. great cards
3: you have easter
1: cards and you then you desi- have like- you mean designing cards right patrick exactly <laughs> okay
3: just, just clarify because most of those
2: cards you see are okay i'm I'm following those your train of thought now
3: those are the ones that me and McKinsey always buy to give out to people
0: that was rough i'll, do, I'll <laughs> do dogs dressed as career people how about that there you go
3: Okay, How about that?
0: Like I have, I'm very sarcastic with the cards. Like there's one that just says, "It's a gift card. You're welcome." <laughs> so, it's. I'll, I'll see if I can make shirtless firemen happen.
2: I, mean, I wouldn't like, worry about it too much. Sounds like it's no a pretty niche market.
3: Do
0: it for Patrick. <laughs> no,
3: Patrick, I am really want shirtless firemen. Yeah, just for me, I I would super <laughs> appreciate it. I'll I'll still buy cards anyway. So okay. So we want to be respectful of time. We 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 have to transition to final questions and I okay.
2: Patrick I mean, has I, to get out of this somehow.
3: No, no, I have so many I'm sitting here with because we we have so many things we haven't talked about. So let's jump into uh earlier you mentioned that your For apartment police was a, officers maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Literally any any yeah. public service. Have we thought about EMS? Um, earlier you mentioned do your apartment though. across the street from a, a rink, like an ice rink.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
3: but we didn't say why that was important. And that's because you do figure skating.
0: I do. I've been skating since I was 10.
3: So what is that like to, to make time for a hobby? Because I don't think many of us are, are doing that very well right now. And um, yeah.
0: Well, so what I've kind of found in the last few months is that I apparently actually have anxiety and I didn't realize it was like something I actually had. And I, text my mom one day and I'm like, I'm having chest, I'm having heart palpitations. What's happening? She goes, does it feel like you can't breathe every few seconds? I'm like, yeah. And then they stop and they start right back up again. She goes, that's an anxiety attack. And, um, she's like, are you stressed? I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, well, welcome to the world of anxiety. But what I have found is that, um, skating is actually what keeps me very grounded and it can actually stave off. Anxiety attacks and stress. So if I'm having a, you know, if I'm having a lot of panic or I'm just really stressed out, like I try to just step over there and yeah. even just get on for you know a half an hour, and it makes a big difference. Um, but every day they have a session from about twelve to one forty-five, and I have some friends that I meet up with, and so it's almost like a daily thing where it's my social hour for my like lunch period.
3: Yeah.
0: And um, one of them is actually she's a she's a graphic designer, so she always gets on me. She's like, listen. You're young, make sure that you, that you carve out time for this. Make sure you carve out time to get massages and take care of your neck and take, take care of your back and take care of everything so that you don't end up with the issues I have now. And I'm like, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's no,
3: that's, that's, that's great. S- I have sound advice. I have one more thing before you take it, Andrew. Uh, you said listening to Disney music, uh, what's like what's the number one Disney song that you're you're gonna, <sighs> play, gonna play?
0: Number one Disney song, um, Hellfire by from Hunchback.
3: Oh, oh yeah. nice! That's a, yes, deep cut. Nice.
0: I was I was that kid that loved Hunchback of Notre Dame. I love that like, movie! It's
2: fantastic. I was in
0: third. Yeah, I was in third grade when I realized that I loved really strange music from my friends, and <laughs> I saw that that movie in theaters. I think seven times, and my mom took me seven times. <laughs> and um, and I, I still I love the music. I love the soundtrack. It's just it's a beautiful piece. And then I freaked out recently because one of the kids at my rink was skating to Out There, and I was like. It's going down. Yes. Because <laughs> you a 16-year-old know, knows the music, and I'm like,
2: finally. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so I, I totally can relate to the whole idea of anxiety and, and just kind of what things you – what helps me kind of get through the anxiety stuff is just uh, picturing shirtless firemen.
3: And that nope. carries nope. me <laughs> through <laughs> – I thought that was plenty of context for my statement. Nope. Yeah, in your head. Yeah, I'm sure that. I that, mean, sure
0: that, that that calms down my anxiety too.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna say different strokes, right? So, um,
1: so my final question is about a piece that I saw online when when I was uh every every time we have someone on, we obviously research them, even if we know them already. We look at their work and things. Um, something popped up, and I want to know if this is actually you, or if just if sometimes randomly people get tagged in things. But purple rock scissors. Which I believe is a design agency based out of Orlando. So this all kind of made sense to me. Um, looks like they hired you to come do a physical um, chalk wall. Is that correct?
0: They did. Yeah, I did it. Okay. I did two of them.
1: Okay. So here's my question. Um, first of all, it looks great. Um, Thank you. But but second secondly, and kind of more the the actual question behind it, what's the difference for you between doing it digitally and then doing something? In real life, first of all, in something larger than life, because this thing looks like it's an eight, seven foot tall wall by maybe 10 feet wide. So talk to me about that.
0: Yeah, that wall. Actually, I had to get on a ladder for that wall. Um, it's I, I prefer digital so much. Um, sure. It gives me a lot more flexibility. Like I, because I could fake the chalk so well that I have fooled people that they assume that it's all real. Right. So like, yay. But doing it in real life, a lot of it is I I don't like to do actual chalk work because it's a texture thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like how actual chalk feels. And I don't like that off... Like, there's a certain brand I have to get because the Crayola squeaks and it just doesn't give a ton of pigmentation. But the um, Prang, I think Prang is the brand.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, that sounds like a brand.
0: Yeah, that one is one where it's a very... It's almost like a pastel, but it's softer, so it's less likely to make that that awful squeak noise.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it picks de- up more of the texture of the wall.
0: Yeah, and it and it deposits a lot more onto the wall, so I go through the box a lot faster. But I don't get these like, you know, op- these transparent lines. Like I right. get a nice solid line, so I'm not redoing my line over and over and over again to get some some opacity on it. And, and um, you
1: you don't get the command undo. So how does that Help with your uh, anxiety levels.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I, the hardest thing was like I actually did do one mural for them where they wanted their logo on the wall, and their logo, if you saw it, was it's yeah. it's a badge, so it's very like straight. And so I actually had to go buy one of those like chalk pinger things. Yeah, yeah. and um, I had to have one of the guys like come over and just like hold the end, so that I could just go and oh, nice, just get a, a line, to, like, line follow. Yeah, and even then, like the floor is slanted, so. I had to redo the line several times because I'd started and it was in line with the floor, but it was actually crooked. And I'm like, this is, this is not working well for my perfectionist tendency. It's like, it was, yeah.
3: or my was, anxiety.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was, <laughs> it was hard. It was a hard project. And I think the hardest part is just the, fa- just trying to keep everything in the correct size mm. so that I don't start with one letter. That's a foot tall and end up with one that's six inches tall.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, but you know, it was it was an interesting experience, and I got a cool video out of it that my friend George did. So Great. that was fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would suck to have done something like that and have it not be documented.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they documented one of them. They didn't document, but the the second one, I think George was there, and he he documented the the thing throughout the day. He'd like come and take process shots.
2: Okay, so So. this will be my final question. I think the final question. I want to touch back on figure skating just a little bit. And you, is this ever a thing uh, that's going to, are you going to like compete or do anything like that? Or is it just an outlet
0: for you right now? It's actually something that, so when I lived in Jacksonville, I actually coached. Okay. Um, cool. I was I was a, a top coach, so I worked with the the three to six year olds. Nice. And occasionally the adults, and then occasionally I'd take the classes that they needed someone to fill in. Um, sure. But I was I was a top coach, and then I moved down here, and they didn't have a need for coaches, so I haven't coached in a few years. Okay. But I have a rule where like I will do competitions, but only if they're at my rink. Like I won't travel for them. Okay. Um, I've traveled for one when I was still in Jacksonville, I went all the way down to Allenton, Florida for the Southwest figure skating classic and, um, skated two different events and took first in both events, um, which, which was fun. Won't lie. That was fun. I got to uh, meet Paul Wiley. He was, because he was just walking around there. I got to see John Zimmerman because he was just walking around there. It was, like former Olympians.
1: Yeah. And these are, these uh, are figure skaters. I was going to yes. say, I don't know who right. these are. Oh, uh, yeah, no. I, these are,
0: yeah. Super like, impressed.
1: Which, which poster artist did you meet there? That's, <laughs> that's probably
2: my. Yeah.
0: So, it's it's you know it's fun, but we ha- like at my rank currently we have quite a few competitions that roll through, and there's one in particular that I always miss because it's the same weekend as Creative South. Uh, so I can't I ever do that it. one. Yeah. Um, but I am competing later this year. They have the it's called the ISI Adult Championship. Okay. And because they've opened up like a whole world of adult skating, so there are ladies and, and gentlemen in their seventies, eighties, nineties skating.
2: Whoa.
0: Like. Yeah, there was there was a gentleman at my old rink that he was a heart surgeon and he was in his eighties and just he was retired and he's like, I always wanted to skate, wanted to learn. I'm out here,
2: wow. And he
0: he learned how to how to skate and he he would just skate around, happy as can be. Um, there was this lady, Yvonne Downing, I think is her name. She recently passed away, but she's actually like immortalized in an award that goes to the oldest competitor at a USFSA adult um, national competition. Wow! And so, but she was in her nineties, I believe, and she skated her whole life, and she just Me, continued yeah. skating until about two weeks before her before her passing. That's um, wow. But yeah, so I plan on competing though in the adult champs at my rink the, later this year. I plan on competing dance and nice. just having fun. Yeah, the awesome. time
3: I come down there, we are going skating.
0: Deal. Pa- oh, Patrick absolutely. is uh,
1: Patrick's the Scott Hamilton of uh, my friends. Anyway, in that
3: building. Um, <laughs> That's what he's that, in.
1: That he's balding.
3: <laughs> uh, I actually <laughs> really saw, saw Scott,
1: Scott Hamilton. I saw Scott Hamilton in Orlando uh, at Universal Studios. He was walking around <gasps> with a handler. Yeah, at Universal, he was going into the Shrek ride, and uh, I was like, "That's Scott Hamilton." And the
3: fact that I even knew that was like that, and that exhausted my knowledge. But Nancy that's, Kerrigan—that's the only <laughs> one I would know because growing up, there's a performance, and it's Scott Hamilton, and one he's... that Patrick's named after. He's, he's skating to the song hair and he does like two back clips during the routine. And for some reason, my mom had that on a VHS. And so I watched it like over and over and over as a kid. I know that that,
0: performance too. That is the
3: only one burned into my head is Scott Hamilton hair.
0: (laughs) Whatever is ironic. (laughs) Yeah. My, my favorite one by him is him skating to stepping out by Tony Bennett. Mm. that's a good one to look up
3: and I'm going to look it up. All right. He does
0: a backflip in that one too. He's, he actually, I think he's the reason he and Surrey Bonalais are the reasons that, um, backflips are no longer allowed in competition.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Cause they, they perfected it and they're like, you know what? No one can do it better. Or no yeah. people are trying it and just well, getting hurt. <laughs>
0: and so, so fun fact, actually Scott Hamilton learned the, the backflip because they, he was approached by like, um, potential like tours and stuff. And he, they, he said, well, what is it worth me to learn? And they're like about a million bucks. Wow. So Arch. he learned Done. that backflip. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a deal, Patrick, Luke, if you guys want to do a a, a GoFundMe yeah.
2: for a million bucks, <laughs> I will learn how to backflip. On, on, on ice um, skates? <laughs> I think on we skates. probably get that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Shauna, tell everybody where they can find uh, your work. They can support this new venture, um, how they can follow you and see what you're doing and support you.
0: You can go to simplethoughts.co and check out the card line there purchase um, the code grand opening will get you 15% off a purchase of 10 bucks or more awesome through, through the end of June um, you can see my personal work at Shauna Parmesan.com Instagram and Twitter are Shauna Parmesan and I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv TV slash Shauna Lynn
1: that's awesome. awesome and I can speak I mean I, I bought a handful of your cards while we were at Creative South and they're so they're fun they're creative they make me not want to send them. They kind of look like <laughs> little fun pieces of art, but I will send them. I promise. Um, but uh, they're very cool. So go pick that up and use the the code and and get it's free money. People, come on yeah. now. Um, so can you do us a favor and help us uh, find out our tokens for next week? Sure. Perfect. Well, that's it for this interview portion. Up next, we're gonna draw some tokens. <laughs> Here at the M of One Podcast, we are all about you, our community. We want you to walk away entertained, informed, and inspired to make something great. One of the ways we do that is by equipping you with the best tools out there. We love partnering with companies and individuals who are just as passionate about producing products for the creative professional no matter what field they're in. So, if you're someone who wants to connect your tools with our audience, then reach out to us by going to mofonepodcast.com and click advertise in the footer. You and Master of One, better together. Every week we draw tokens to find out exactly the categories we're going to be talking about. And then we pick our categories? Nope topics based on those categories. Uh, we've only been doing this for three years. I'm still new at it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shuffle these up. You're going to give me a number between one and three. And I have these, you know, physical tokens in my hand, which you know, because okay. you've held them. In she your has hand. held them. Um, one of only a handful of our guests who have ever actually held these. Um, okay. They're all shuffled up. I don't know where they're at. Give me a number between one and three and you'll be picking for Luke.
0: All right. I'm going to say one.
1: Art and Design, Luke. Nice. Congratulations. All right, let's go ahead and pick between one and two, and you'll be picking for
0: me. Between one and two. I'm going to go yep. with two.
1: Toys and games. That means, Patrick, you have your own TV and film. I promise I'll watch something this week, guys. Perfect. <laughs> um, you could tell us about the office uh, finale. Um,
0: Talk about the bachelorette. That's on tonight. There you go.
1: Yeah, that's Don't. exciting. Oh, my gosh. Um, what's the. Oh, gosh. Uh, we, don't time. we don't have time. All right. Um, you can find us on, on uh, M of one podcast.com where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about. You can get right to Shauna's uh, simple thoughts page and, and all of her Instagram stuff right on there. If you can't remember everything that she said, you can find it on our website as well as gosh, who even knows how many interviews we've done at this point, but so many incredibly talented people go to our archive. M of one slash archive to see so many talented, cool people. Um, talk to us about their art and their life, and you can go to uh, mf one podcastcom slash slack to join us and Shauna in the Slack channel throughout the week. Um, and then, like she said, find her on the um, the Twitch. The, the, the Twitch is that how you yeah, call it? No, nah, I'd probably just say yeah. Twitch.
0: I think you probably Twitch. just say Twitch
1: um, yeah. to to catch her live streaming on there. You can also uh, subscribe on iTunes and. Stitcher, I have so many words in my head right now, it's hard to say any of them. If you Those search really
2: M of One way. Podcast, you'll find us. That's search the... M
1: of One Podcast anywhere and you'll find us. Right. Social media, it's all there. Um, but when you go to subscription time, <laughs> no, that's not that's not what you'd
3: want to say. But when you go to iTunes and you subscribe, there's another thing we want you to do. Patrick, why don't you say words now? Rate and <laughs> review. That's right. Tell us what you think about the show. Good, bad, and different. Uh, It doesn't really matter. Just click some stars and then type some words.
2: (laughs) Preferably many stars, little words. Yeah, as many
3: stars as you could possibly click. That would help us a ton. And whatever all fives. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah, and whatever you say, like literally whatever you say. We will read it on the podcast. Shauna is going to
1: literally hang up f- with this conversation and she's going to go rate it. So everybody tune in to <laughs> iTunes right now. I um, mean, you can see how she rated us and then you go and do the same because everyone wants to be like Shauna. Um, and then finally, if you want to support the show financially, you can go to patreon.com slash M of one podcast. You can become a patron for as little as $1. The blooper level is $5. It gets you an episode every single uh, month. That is just chuck full of ridiculousness. It's stupid. Um, as well as uh, some other bonuses and exclusions. Oh, we have a new one next week. It's true. Yep. So uh, if you want to become a patron, now is the time to do it. Patreon.com slash M of one podcast. I think we are going to get out of here. Um, I'm Andrew. I'm
3: Patrick. I'm Luke. I'm Shauna. Peace out. Bye.
2: Hold on to your butts. Have
3: a great week. Skating away.
2: Skating away. Skating
1: away. So for this sandbox episode, we are excited to talk to somebody who we are now just we are buddy buddies with. We have um, done so much. Let me start that over. Okay.
3: I like the phrase buddy buddy. I threw it.
1: So I threw this in a just a sense of exasperation at my screen. I was like, "Oh, that was terrible," and I threw it. <laughs> <laughs> I said that just in case you guys saw me do that and I didn't, didn't, I just wanted to acknowledge it. Alright. So for this sandbox episode, we're excited. That was just a mess of words. That's fine.
2: Looking for a sign that the universe of mind has written you into the passion play. Skating away, skating
3: away, skating away On the thin ice of a new day hey. Hey.
1: And as you cross the circle line When the eyes walk reach behind
0: You're a rabbit on the run